Hello again and welcome back. Uh, it's, it's gone from one to two to three and now four. Uh, this is our fourth um, session with Craig Kirkby um, before he has to escape back to Melbourne. We've had him talking non-stop since last Friday, mm -hmm. much of which hasn't been recorded, so uh, we've really appreciated his input into uh, our space and uh, context of Simple Churches. And uh, the last few episodes have really um, uh, had him share some stories in relation to his uh, background and history that have uh, shown some of the values and, and things that he has worked out over his life to bring him to this point. But um, particularly, I want to ask some questions of Craig in this episode around um, mission itself. Now, traditionally, Craig, we've um, thought of mission as you know, jumping onto a plane and crossing the seas. And as mm. Tony Fitzgerald says, it's not so much about crossing the seas, but seeing the cross. Is that mm. that's Tony, isn't it? I yeah. attribute it to him anyway. YWAM background. Oh, is it right? Yeah. It sounds like a Tonyism. <laughs> um, you know, so we, we we think, okay, who's going to be the people that really sacrifice everything and mm. get on the plane and get into a cross-cultural scenario? Um, more more um, you know, lately, we've considered mission to be you know where we've been sown into the world as sons of the mm. King, mm. With, with whatever individual unique set of relationships and context we have. Um, uh, traditionally in the church, I, I guess we might have even understood uh, mission projects like um, doing breakfast at the local high school and et cetera, mm -hmm. or soup kitchens uh, might be missional events or activities. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, you know, you have thought more deeply about this, especially because of some of the exposure and, and the story that is behind who you are and where you've come from. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be fascinated to um, see what you would say in relation to the um, you know, functioning in simple churches mm. with a kingdom cause and with a kingdom yeah. agenda, um, you know, there's individual a missional sent life, mm. and then there's a is there corporate missional communities where we we, we actually arrange ourselves around particular missional mm. causes causes or kingdom mm. causes, and mm. you know, perhaps not done a, a brilliant job at asking that question, but you know, you're going to do a brilliant job of probably <laughs> responding to it in a way that helps helps our listeners um, understand what I'm really trying to say. So you know, yeah, speak I, to that for well, a few minutes. Okay, I'll try. Um, I think um, I, for me, a lot of our own missional mistakes or a lack of mission in what was a traditional church experience for me initially was because we got the order wrong. So I, I think for us, out of a revelation of Jesus and a saying of the Father, heart of God, we first thought church. How do we, how do we plant a church? How do we structure a church? Yeah. Uh, let's get a community together out of the revelation of Jesus. And then, you know, that community now needs to try to find a mission. So it's kind of like Jesus' church mission. Okay. And, and, and in my experience that never leads to a fruitful, sustainable mission. You'll do a few things like you described in terms of some soup kitchens here or a long-term mission, but um, it's more, um, it happens less and less as a part of a lifestyle. So, so I'm fully persuaded that the biblical order is this, is out of a revelation of Jesus and a, and a stand of the Father of God, we then get um, overwhelmed with the mission of Jesus. And, and on that mission with Jesus, we find community together because we don't do this mission alone. So for me, the order is out of Jesus. We grasp hold of his mission. Mm -hmm. And because we're on a mission together, we just do what churches do. We pray together. We fellowship together. We love all the one another's of Scripture. So um, those ingredients, of you like, of what makes a church, how do we meet, become very secondary when we're on a mission together. And I, I think we can learn a lot from parachurch organizations because... A lot of parachurch organizations are defined by their mission. 
They do more That's church than yeah. churches do. You know, they have church week in, week out as a lifestyle. They don't wait for Sunday morning to happen or Wednesday night to happen because they are defined by their mission. So I'm not saying Clara Church organizations are the answer, but we can learn a lot from them. And so out of a revelation of Jesus comes a burning heart for mission. Mm-hmm. And out of that, um, we really say, who's doing this mission with us together? So the question comes, and you, you nailed it, is, is what is mission then? Is it just a mission trip to the other side of the world? Is it a soup kitchen on the corner? I think those are expressions of mission, but they're sitting at the whole ball game. For me, the mission of Jesus is in one phrase, the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus used the word church twice in all his teachings, mm-hmm. but he used the word kingdom of God over 120 times. The two big revelations Jesus came to unpack were, what is the character of God? He's a father. That was one of his big core revelations, the yeah. nature of God, the father heart of God, and the other was the kingdom of God. So out of that, a revelation of dad, and the fact that dad has called us to redeem our world, we, um, we, f- we find an expression of community around that, not the other way around. So... Okay. So, for example, the two times that Jesus uses the word church, the ecclesia has nothing to do with the way we understand it. So, in Matthew 16, he's talking about the keys of the kingdom being given to who? His family, the church or the cabinet of the king. Um, so, the connection even with the first phrase in, with church is actually about the kingdom, advancing the kingdom. The second time he uses it in Matthew 18, he's talking about accountability because we don't do this mission, this kingdom thing alone. We do it together. So for me, it was a fundamental understanding in terms of what God did in our midst is that we always reason from a meeting-based or a church-based understanding where our defining reference point is Christ and his mission. And that mission is the kingdom of God. And I like um, the word that you said, kingdom causes. For, for me, that's what it is. A kingdom cause could be a short-term mission to cross the seas, and I recommend you do it. Yeah. A, a kingdom cause could be seeing a need for a soup kitchen. But these are the kingdom causes that beat in our heart, and um, as a community, we're asking, what are the kingdom causes that we can give our lives to? So in, in an ideal world, and in the real world, so yeah. in the ideal world, if someone got saved today, what would I do with them? In, in my old experience, I'd know that they need a whole lot of meetings to go to, you know. And so in that process of dragging them to 100 meetings, um, they would lose any kind of zeal, any kind of fervor, and often lose their contacts with the world. Um, I'm now convinced that if I'm leading someone to faith in Christ, the last thing I need is for me to plug them into every meeting I can. Um, what I need to do is, is explore in the heart what are the... Um, causes in this world that they are passionate about we always talk about the causes that either make you mad or glad or sad you know those things that get a hold of your emotions in the spirit and say that makes me angry normally in the areas of say social injustice what makes you glad what makes you sad what in this what are you called in this world to really redeem so for me an ideal world is is coming to christ calls us into a sense of mission and we ask what are the kingdom causes that beat in your heart right um, now, how can I c- connect you with people who are doing a kingdom cause? Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Why not find kingdom causes that we can help you start to uh, relate to people in that space so that they're not taking you on um, to pastor you and make sure that you um, wipe your nose. They're taking you on because that you've been thrust into the harvest. And um, yes, so that's the ideal. In the real, most of the people I'm listening to right now will, will have existing relationships already. And so, for me, what needs to happen is a fresh revelation of 
the mission heart of God. Um, that Jesus um, really has called us to himself um, as his children to, to redeem this world. And um, for uh, a community who has traveled together and has those great relationships already, to start to say, Father, is there a kingdom cause that you're calling us to as a community? Hang on, back up a bit. Are there already kingdom causes happening within our community? Because there often is. Yeah. And how do we profile those kingdom causes that are already happening, um, where we see um, the kingdom of God coming into every sphere of society? Um, some people call them the mind-molding mold, areas of society, whether it be politics or education or the sport world or... Um, or, uh, did I say education? Educa yeah. All those kind of areas that influence society. Um, so often we can be a, a, almost a, a, in a little bubble, um, meeting on a Wednesday, Sunday, um, where God wants us in those spaces. Um, and so the first part I'd always recommend for a small community is to say, have you? do you know what, what each other, what you're involved in? Can you profile some of the... Um, causes that are already in your midst, and how can you throw your heart behind the causes that are already in your midst? I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, look, I, I think in, in my past life, we've been in situations where we're trying to work out how can we influence something outside of our own little us for no more, mm. you know, talking mm. small group world, and we've, you know, thrown up a list of things that we could possibly get involved mm. with and try and vote on, and it's just, yeah. it's just ended up in... Yeah, it works and... Oh, yeah, and it's yeah. never it's never really got any momentum to right, it. Right. Um, but, you know, you're you're essentially suggesting that, you know, we're, we're already doing things that make us mad, glad or sad. There's already things that we're involved mm. with, whether we're actually actively working them out or otherwise, mm. and, and it's and it's seeking as a community to identify how can we partner with each other... That's, that's a good word. Uh, yeah. to, 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 ...to bring more life into mm. those spaces. Mm. I suppose you know. I'm thinking straight away. You know, there's there's many people in our simple churches locally that um, you know. For instance, Robin Wookie is working with the, the teen pregnancy, Absolutely. teen yeah. mums, and you know, Adrian is working with the IGC and Paul, and um, you know, there's a bunch of people who are doing kind of things not on their own, but yeah. they are representative representatives from within those simple church yeah. expressions. Yeah. How, how would how would someone, for instance, you know, part partner i mean yeah, yeah. well well I, th I think the first thing is to to prof <clears throat> what i mean by profile is to get to know what's happening yeah okay you that's, know, that's like, probably like, not bad it's idea. part yeah, of a yeah. relationship yeah. process we build everything from relationship but um a lot of times when we gather together it can be very shallow because it's very generally if you have 20 people in a room with a lot of kids i mean the, the level of getting to know each other doesn't happen in that meeting yeah you know, that's the overflow of a life together are we having a life together um, yeah. And so uh, having a life together doesn't really happen on the meeting. It needs to be finding out um, more deeply what we're involved in together. Um, and so any of those people that mentioned can be profiled in terms of what exactly are they doing. So that's what it starts with. So if, you know, in any, even a simple church, let alone a cluster of simple churches, I'm quite sure you would find five, six, seven, eight things that are actually right now very significant yeah. in Adelaide, making a difference in Adelaide that we may know of, notionally, or maybe not even know of. Yeah. But if we were able to hear their heart on the matter, it would break our hearts. Yeah. And suddenly we'd have a, a connection to them that we didn't have before. Then anything's possible, certainly in terms of prayer and support and just being in the knowledge of it. But then, of course, um, I think it's great value in saying, okay, now how do we actually, are there practical ways that we can get involved and to support? Um, so 
um, you know, I could tell a few stories too, just about how simple things can happen from a, a couple in a community. In Johannesburg, there were three uh, simple churches, and one couple had this heart for for seeing um, street kids not just clean for the uh, fed for the day, but actually put into foster homes. Mm-hmm. We thought they were crazy. I mean, how do you even begin that journey? But um, once we heard their heart, and it took a few times for them just to share their heart and for us to listen and say, Lord, how can we just bless these people? Uh, I, I guess my thought was, I just wanted people to know. Yeah. But after them sharing, something broke in us. And we said, you know what? They're addressing something so deep. They may not have the skills and the gifting yet, but if we're to support them and see how this can develop, um, who knows what could happen? And, and a ministry called Rohama Ministries was born out of a couple who in their own admission, had just re-found God because they'd walked a backslidden life, but had this passion that they couldn't quite, you know, they were a little critical of the church at large because these are the real issues, the orphan and the widow, yeah. and what is the church doing? And so really out of their own criticalness, they'd become a bit disillusioned. And, but through this experience, we really profiled their heart and found a sincerity in there. And of course, touching on something that is, is, is such a South African problem, the orphan problem there. So a ministry called Ruhama Ministries was born where um, uh, Johan and Beverly um, were given um, so much support by us and all, all our skills that we could do to actually start teach people how to take pe- kids into their homes, so much so that they got noticed by an existing organization that were a little advanced in us in doing this, um, but needed the leadership of guess who, Johan and Beverly. And so it's just amazing how through three simple churches in Johannesburg that no one knew, uh, a ministry grew out that was too big for us actually. But we all got involved in it and we're still involved in it today to see um, kids taken off the street, not put in an orphanage, but into foster care. So it's amazing how small things can happen if we just know the person next to us on a Wednesday night meeting is actually all week dreaming a dream for something. Um, and we just say, oh, that's their job. It could be a kingdom cause in your home church right now. Yeah. That just needs a bit of profile, and certainly across a couple of home churches like you have. Uh, yeah, I do like the picture that, you know, it, it's not established through a consensus and a 51% vote. Yeah. It's through the heart of that's a couple good. overflowing into the life of those other people, and, and being connected relationally causes yeah. us to want to partner and give power and life and rise to that. Good point, yeah. I, I do want to kind of switch gears a, a mm-hmm. second and just say, Tell us more about the parachurch thought, uh, oh, and, wow, and, okay. and you know, and, and use an example. And the mm. first one that comes to mind for me, and you know it mm. well, is mm. um, Encounter Youth, Absolutely. and it's known to many people yes, in our yes, in our simple yes. churches as well. So talk talk through you know the influence and the impact and the people involved and yeah. what, what See, that looks I was like. A, I was once a senior church pastor, and so we had this we we had this very uneasy relationship with parachurches, and poor parachurches were slightly dependent on us because they need our manpower, and so. Um, I really think parachurches get a bit of a bad rap, but they are focusing on a need and doing a need very well. They cease to exist without that need. Oh, yeah. oh, and, and because they're defined by that mission, it's very clear um, the staff that emerges out of there live this day in, day out. This is, this is church, this is ministry, and then oftentimes we expect them to go attend a church somewhere to validate, them, <laughs> validate themselves. You know, yeah, so, yeah. so someone like what Nigel's doing is a significant work here in Adelaide and, and being part of of what you're doing is in relationship, um, you know, is there ways that we can support um, um, Encounter Youth would be a big question, is, is how can we get to know more about Encounter Youth, yeah. what they're doing, not because we all have to be Encounter Youth supporters, 
But this is part of an extension of our family through Nigel. So how do we pray for them more? How do we know what's going on? How do we support in various ways? How do we ask Nigel how we can support in various ways? Yeah. But the thing is, is if we're a family and there are people with existing kingdom causes, should we start there? That doesn't mean everyone has to be um, doing what they do. Of course not. But it should be in our heart. Just like when we planted into um, Japan, when we were in Green Delsi, we fell in love with Japan. We all learned how to speak a little bit of Japanese. <laughs> Shokureto, Becky, Disney. <laughs> so, so you know, your life is enlarged by that ministry, by that new nation yeah, you go to. Yeah, it captures you. And, and so yeah. we will have people praying in a prayer meeting for Japan. They've never been there. But they'll weep for people in Japan because they've heard the names. Yeah. And so that's the... Yep. We, we, you know what happens? We suddenly connect beyond ourselves. Yeah. And that meeting at the end of the week is no longer about me. Yeah. It's about the mission we're a part of. And and that delivers us from from a chronic self-absorption. Here's a true story. Um there was a woman that um came into one of our small church communities. She was um had been through a very broken experience. Um I have permission to share her story. Her name's Morales. Um very broken um the family story, single woman raising two kids. Um and and really burnt out and disenchanted. And she came into one of our first uh, home ch- uh, simple church meetings. Um, and the people were praying for Japan. And so she said, she'll pray for Japan. And we suddenly saw a woman who came in very defensive. Just blossom and open up. And she was quite an intercessor too. You know, just played with such passion. I was totally surprised. So I didn't ask too many questions. I, I realized that she just needed to see us out a little bit. Probably by the third or fourth meeting, she'd really opened up. And, and I said to her, Marlies, you know, you've been here three or four weeks. Um, what are you getting out of this? And she said, this is real church for me. So I said, really? You don't really know us? She said, you know what? I was a very selfish person. And I walk in here, and you're praying about Japan. Something happened when I started praying about Japan. I suddenly got, I just escaped my own situation. And I felt connected to something beyond myself. Yeah, so that's incredible ministry it, well, within itself. Well, absolutely. You know, it's like I, I realized something from yeah. that. I, I realized that um, sometimes focusing on myself, and even when someone is in need, by focusing on my own need, I just reinforce the need all the time. Yeah, it's an and inward spiral. It, it is. It is. Absolutely. And so, and so something happened in her, and I know it's an exceptional situation, but something happened in her, in connecting beyond herself, she was suddenly delivered from herself. Um, she's a remarkable intercessor, part of our ministry today, prays for me personally, is now part of a mission organization, a parachurch organization that helps raise money for, for various causes, a different woman. And no one laid hands on her. Um, we could have. Yeah. Um, no, you know, no counseling was needed. It was just a connection with mission that delivered her fr- or helped her realize how chronically selfish she was. And she had good cause for it. She's a broken lady going through a terrible experience. Her husband really, uh, there was a very, in a, you know, very inappropriate situations. Um, but this lady found a sense of deliverance from connecting with the mission. And, and it taught me something, Craig. It taught me... Well, yeah, while we're in that territory, um, <clears throat> what happens to a group that doesn't get the order right, that says, okay, right. let's get this church functioning well, let's yeah. let's try and settle into relationships, yeah. we'll get to the mission thing later. Yeah. You alluded to that before as far as order and, and also that what yeah. happens when we do focus out. Yeah. So what, what classically have you seen? Oh, very good focus? point. Look, um, again, I'm going to make general statements, so this is certainly true for all, but generally speaking, if, if a community, uh, whatever they call themselves, does not catch a missional heart, a missional spirit, within 18 months, 
that community will start to to die. Like implode almost. Yeah, well, yeah. some do. Um, you know, but what, what often happens there is secondary things and non-essential become primary things because we haven't kicked on the primary thing, oh, which is okay. the mission of Jesus. Okay. So suddenly I'm worried about this guy's personality and I'm worried about the time people are a little tardy. Now they become big issues to me when I wouldn't even snooze at them if my heart is locked into a global mission. Yeah, so okay. obviously I'm not saying we can we must disciple issues. Of course, we mustn't let um, things be neglected. And if there's things that need to be brought up, we must. But they're not the major issues. They're yeah. the minor issues. And so I think becomes us four and no more or unhealthy you yeah, know, yeah. Um, or even septic where people started just become so self-absorbed and now the poor leader who really wanted to develop something very organic and all the priests of all believers suddenly yeah. becomes the guy who has to pull the bunny out the hat again. They didn't, didn't, I think I've heard Tony Fitzgerald say once, you know, they went from outreach international to inreach out of yeah, national. Yeah, you were part of a ministry that did just that. Yes, so let's pull it all in and amazing. let's stop focusing yep, out. And let's yep, we've got to be right, we've got to be pure. Yeah, and so yeah. the focus became, became a cult. So, yeah. you know, it's the danger of being disconnected from the world. And that's the thing. Um, Jesus is hard for the world. And, and if we ever switch that off, uh, we will use good things to serve our own needs. Yeah, yeah. And if it becomes about our own needs... The end is nigh. Okay. Look, there's one final thing that I do want to ask while we're on this topic and and uh, we don't have another session to go to. Um, traditional idea of going overseas. Yeah. It's still not, it's not necessarily off limits. It's not the wrong thing to do. It has value. And in fact, I've heard you speak about the value of it and, and you are yeah, yeah, actually living yeah, it out. So yeah. what, what, what sort of big yeah. headlines would you say about that uh, aspect of having a, a heart for the nations yeah. and actually having people go overseas? Yeah. Oh, I can't speak of it. Highly enough. You know, if we think it's the answer to mission, it's not. But the experience of going cross-cultural will change your life. And we all know that. Mm -hmm. You know, we go to bless and we get more blessed than ever. Especially when it's to something that's um, a relationally relationally strong thing. So that has some continuity to it. So, for example, if we just go anywhere and do something, there's value to it. But if you go to something where you've done some homework, you know the people you can assist and actually help the needs and not create needs, um, and get to know names. Um, See, I think I may have said it earlier, but travel broadens our perspective. If if you don't travel, you're very monocultural. um, But travel broadens our perspective. But missional travel broadens our heart. And and I'm convinced, as I just said, that just as a small, um, say, organic church needs to think beyond themselves to keep healthy, we as believers and the church needs to think beyond ourselves. And for us to go cross-cultural, especially over the seas, costs us something. Yeah. And that's the thing is, if it doesn't cost us something, then there's no faith in it. Yeah. If I can pull it off tomorrow, why do I need God? Yeah. And that, that's the thing with cross-cultural um, mission is that it, we have to really trust God. We have to hear Him. Uh, I want to do everything, but, I, but is God telling me to do it? So it forces me to hear from Him. It forces me to trust for the resources to do this. Yeah. And um, nothing kickstarts faith like risk. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's what cross-cultural ministry is. And so um, as much as not the answer, it's a very important part of our connection to the world. So when Jesus said in Acts verse 1, 8, I'll make you, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll be witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Judea Samaria, yeah. to the atoms parts of the world. So yeah. it's not, for me, it's not either or. I think it's both and. Yeah. I want a connection to my Jerusalem, which would be my city, say, to my Judean Samaria, cross-cultural within my city, mm-hmm. and then to the outermost parts of the world. I, I think it's a both-and commission. Now, I may not be able to do it all, but as a minister, we could do it all. 
Yeah. And, and have different people who really own that. But I, I may not do it all, but I can be part of that through prayer, through support, through love and those kind of things. Yeah. Look, uh, we may have gone over time. Please forgive us for that. But uh, while we've got someone like Craig uh, in the room who has experience and uh, also has a great way of articulating the values and the and the, the um, places that he's arrived at in regard to what works, not pragmatically, but uh, what works according to the cause that uh, we all have um, as a church community is invaluable. So uh, uh, I trust that it's stimulated and catalyzed some thoughts and some prayers and some um, and even some action within the context of your simple church and primary relationships. Thank you, Craig, um, for the time you've spent talking both behind this microphone mm. and in uh, many other yeah, contexts yeah. over the course of the last few days. Uh, invaluable um, to have the insight of someone beyond your own context because sometimes you can kind of get back in, in, a, in a bit of a loop of your own and, you're, and, you, and you just need a, another perspective, which mm. actually is it resonates with what you already mm. think and feel, mm. but it's just another voice. So appreciate mm. the way you've done mm. that. You've, you've served us yet again. Yeah. And uh, safe travels back to Melbourne. Thanks, Thanks mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers.